Hey, this is Quentin Moore, and I'm the pastor of the Father's House, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I hope the message inspires you, gives you faith, and lets you see that God is truly moving in your life. We hope you enjoy today's message. or get the board to do that. And I mean, I've got it written down in a journal. I went back and found it last night. And like on the fifth day of December, two days, day or two after we moved here, the Lord said, I want you to lead prophetically and not politically. And I want you, I'm not talking about politics in the way that we, I was talking about within the church. And he said, I want you to lead prophetically and not politically. And uh, that was 35 years ago. And uh, from that moment to this, I've always needed a word from God to know what He wanted us to do together, what He wanted out of my life. I've always needed to hear something. And uh, so there's a number of things that taken place in, in my life. One of them was the calling itself. The Lord spoke to me and said, I want you. Uh, not long after being here, the Lord said, I want you to lead by grace. And He showed me a vision of a great big wheat field. And I was in the middle of that wheat field, and that wheat was taller than I am. And uh, the heads of that wheat were hanging over, and they were up there. And I can remember, uh, interesting how God would speak to a Kansas boy with a wheat field, right? God will always speak to you with things you understand. And that head of that wheat was hanging over, and I thought, Lord, how are we going to get that in the barn? I mean, you know, if you're a Kansas kid, how are you going to get that grain in the barn? And the Lord said, by grace I have planted, and by grace you shall reap. You will gather, you'll restore, you'll anoint, you'll care, and you'll evangelize. And from that moment to this, I've realized that the love of God can only be realized in an atmosphere of grace. That if you live in an atmosphere of judgment and condemnation, uh, you'll never experience the grace of God. That the grace of God is always experienced, uh, or the love of God is always experienced in the grace. And that was a huge prophetic word for me. Uh, the third one, you've heard me talk about quite a bit about how you make room for the presence of God, that God wants into our lives. Uh, and then I think Anne and I were married about 30 years, and I, I can tell you right where we had gone on our honeymoon. And You know, it's interesting about prophetic things. He, he'll interrupt you a lot of times not in church. Let me say that again. Most of the time when God speaks to me, it's not here. Most of the time it's one of those most unexpected, I'll be driving down the road and have to pull over. Or we'll, we'll have had an anniversary meal and I'll go out and sit on the deck and God will begin to speak to me. And uh, I was married about 30 years and I'm sitting on this deck one night late and the Lord spoke to me and said, don't you ever approach me unauthentically again. Don't you ever approach me in your preconceived ideas of what I want from you. And a lot of people worship God very religiously. They have this idea, come on, how many of you were raised where you walked in the sanctuary and it got real quiet? If you were raised in that world, this room will not drive you nuts. Because I promise you there's going to be kids running everywhere, there's going to be something going on. But if you were raised that you had to approach God in a certain way, the Lord spoke to him and said, don't you ever do that. You just be honest with me because I already know what you're thinking. Amen. So to approach God in that, in that way. Last year on October the 29th, I had this vision. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. And in that vision, I saw these angels and these demons swirling in the air. They're just swirling. It's black, it's dark, and it was, it was a, the biggest thing I'd ever seen. And I could see these demonic things 
Uh, and yet right in the middle of that, there were these angels, and they had their arms like this, and they were holding that demonic force back. Uh, October the 29th, 2020. I, I think I've shared it with you a few times. And, and I saw that picture, that swirling, and I really wasn't afraid. I wasn't scared. Uh, it, it was just one of those moments where I could see into this world. And the Lord spoke these words to me. The social symptoms uh, the, the social issues right now are the symptoms of the spiritual war that's being waged for the souls of men and women. And I got to tell you, I instantly knew that all the social debates that were happening on October 29th of 2020 were not important. They were zip. That the real war was going on for the souls of human beings. And the Lord began to speak to me about disengaging from the social conversations and understanding that I was called to resist those demonic forces that were trying to steal the hearts and the souls of human beings, that, that that's all that mattered. And I, I think I've, I've spoke to you a couple different times about that. And so then in the end of last year, I began to catch this word about exceeding greatness of His power. And I led us, and still am, leading us to understand the power that's at work in your lives. That if you knew who it was that was on the inside of you, you would understand there's no power shortage in your life. That there is this great energy of God that's inside of you. That visitation of the Lord, if you will, spawned a couple of verses for me. And uh, interestingly enough, over this fall, I generally get away in October, and I didn't. And this fall, as we kept pushing towards, I kept wondering, God, what are you, what are you, what are you saying? So 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I'll read four, five, six verses for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world rages. So, do you understand that we do not fight hate with hate? We do not fight guns with guns. We do not, it's not whoever has the biggest army wins. We, we live in the world, but we don't fight. Say with me, I fight, but not with those weapons. The weapons of my warfare are different weapons. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, we have divine power. Say with me, I have divine power. Look at your neighbor and say, you have divine power to demolish strongholds. Say with me, I have divine power. Now, divine power is power that doesn't come from here. Divine power is not something you build here. Divine power is not something. Divine power is heavenly power. It's, it's a God-like thing. Say with me, I, I have a God-like power. It's a force, right? I, I have a force that will destroy. Say destroy, destroy. strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive unto Christ. Wow. Divine power to destroy strongholds. And then as I moved towards the end of this year, the Lord began to speak to me about, I've called you to love one another. How many of you know love never fails? How many of you know that God is love? That if you're going to have divine power, it has to have something to do with loving people. I mean, I don't want to be too theological or anything this morning, but if God is love, and if He gave His Son because He loved us, and He, he said that His love, say it again, His love, his love. never fails. Never. What if that's true? 
I'll just hinge off of what Kent said a while ago. What if you knew that love was the greatest source of power that there is? That, you, that if you're going to win a war, you had to use the power of God, and that power is love. That, that, that power of love to turn the other cheek, go the second mile, give your cloak as well, to be that good Samaritan. What if maybe the reason why we've never won certain battles is we've been using the wrong weapons? Maybe we need to back up and use the right weapons if we're going to destroy the enemy in our lives. And so last week I began to share with you this word about uh, as you love one another, you'll break through into all that I have for you in 2022. As we love, as we engage in the use and, and live in the atmosphere, if you will, if we live in that environment of divine love, that we will begin to break through, break out of these things that have resisted all those things that we want to happen in our lives. So I've been meditating on all of that. Again, this is January the 2nd. You're here in the middle of slick roads, and so I'm going to try to just lay all the groundwork. You'll be ahead next week. Uh, and so I was thinking about strongholds. Any of you ever had a stronghold in your life? A limitation, something that held you back from experiencing all that God has for you. I mean, right, a stronghold is when the enemy gets a grip in our lives and we can't quite get, have you ever been frustrated because you couldn't quite, couldn't quite get to that, just had that restriction? So I, I, listen, the, the Bible says that in, in Timothy, he says, wage war with the prophetic words that I have given you. I have a file, I have a whole file drawer in my office that are prophetic words that I have received from other people, that I have heard from God, and I have saved every last one of them. Because as much as I believe this is the Word of God, I believe God's still speaking. Jesus said, I have many more things to say unto you, but you could not bear them. I believe that God gives prophetic words and revelations. I remember a man by the name of Hyatt who was in North Dakota, and I heard this testimony many, many years ago, and he was in North Dakota, and this ice storm came. And this ice storm was getting really, really bad, and the temperature in his house kept dropping. Karina, do you remember this story? And the temperature in his house, so Karina could tell you where we heard the story. And the temperature in his house kept dropping, and he didn't know what to do. And the Lord spoke to him, because he knew that in his, I think it was kind of like down in the basement, there was a water hose that was hooked up to water. And he went out and he started spraying water on the north side of his house. Well, guess what water does when it's freezing? Yeah. It freezes. Well, guess what happened on the old house that he's in? It sealed up all the holes around the windows, and it stopped, like an igloo, silly, and it stopped the cold wind from blowing in his house. He went back in the house, and guess what started happening to the temperature in the house? It started going back up. Now that's pretty smart, right? But now, Hyatt didn't think of that. God gave him a word as to how to survive in the middle of that storm. I believe in prophetic words. I've saved all of them. I go back and I revisit them. Some of them are kind of silly. Some of them are profound. Some of them are directions God's given in my life for me personally. Some of them for the church. And I was thinking about these strongholds, these areas in our life where the enemy gets in our lives and holds us. And we can't quite. And I remember it because my daughter was sitting right there. And it was May the 8th. 
of 2008. And I had no clue what was going on behind the scenes. None. And I gave this prophetic word. I was really stunned. The thing that I am seeing is that you're going to be given the power and the authority to break and destroy the limitations and the strongholds that you've been dealing with in your life for years. Say it with me, you're going to be given the ability to destroy strongholds and limitations. You're going to go free from those limitations and areas of your life that you've been merely coping with because you couldn't get rid of it. There's going to be such an experience of freedom in the lives of individuals and families that the strongholds will be broken off of people's lives. It's happening to you. You'll need to exercise it. There is this power coming upon your life, but you'll need to be the one that exercises and says, I'm going free of that. And when you go free of it, you'll have to hate that thing. Those things that were strongholds in your life before, I must hate them now. You cannot go back and play with them. You have these strongholds, these thought patterns, these limitations, these habits, particularly low self-esteem. Particularly, you don't think you're worthy, you're insecure. That's going to be destroyed because of low self-esteem is the enemy that's robbing you of your potential in life. If the enemy can keep you from thinking, keep you thinking you don't matter, you don't count, nobody loves you or likes you, if he can keep you there, he can keep your gifts from coming through. These strongholds are coming down. They're coming off. You're going to come out of that thing and go, yes, go into the freedom that he has purchased for you. Now again, some of you know me and know long as May the 28th, of 2008. It would be December of that year before we would realize it in a real strange way, powerful way. I've been contemplating all this stuff from October of 2020 until today. And over the last week or so, the Lord says you're going to break through in 2022. But you're going to have to break down those thoughts and those limitations that you have allowed to remain in your life. That if you're going to break through, you're going to have to break free of some of your ideas, of some of your thoughts, of some of your assumptions, of some of those internal stories that you have told yourself about yourself, about God, and other people. See, if we're going to break through, we're going to have to pull down the strongholds that the enemy has built in our lives. You can't sit here on January the 2nd of 2022 and just think, oh, somewhere out there this anointing is going to fall on my life and then I'm going to go free. No, we're going to have to face up to those things in our lives that the enemy has told us that are lies. They're just lies. And we're going to have to break free of those things, that stronghold, that fortified place, that place where the enemy has grabbed a hold and he holds onto areas of our life. Second Corinthians 10 says we're going to pull those things down. We're going to cast off those imaginations. You do realize that one of the things that sets you apart as a human being is your ability to imagine. Your ability to reach out into the future and imagine a building. Imagine a marriage and you can go build it. In other words, it's not really real, but in your mind you can imagine. How many of you can imagine something? And, and you can see it. It's not real, but in your That's what faith does, right? Faith reaches out into the future and imagines something and then pulls that right. 
How many know you can use that vainly? You can use that that imagination in a bad way. And the enemy can put these imaginations in your mind and they can, it's in your head. Have you ever jumped to a conclusion? Maybe I'm the only one. You ever, somebody say something and you instantly just jump to a conclusion. Someone calls you and says, I need to see you. And you just think you're going to be fired. Right? Somebody says something to you and you just, no, no, but I'm that way. I, sometimes I just jump to these conclusions because I've played with that imagination out there. Right? Say with me, we're going to pull some of those things down. That if we're going to break through, we're going to have to face those ideas those thoughts, those imaginations, those stories that are in our head. The Amplified Bible says it like this. We have divine power to demolish that entire massively corrupt culture. And we can use the powerful God tools for smashing the warp philosophies, for the tearing down, listen, barriers that have been erected against the truth of God. There have been so many barriers that have been erected that are contrary to truth. Their, their, their ideas, their philosophies, their imaginations. We live now in a world of ideological ideas, of imaginations that we fight against. I, I mean, they're just lies. Say lies. Uh, did God say? That's a lie. You do understand that what precedes disobedience is a lie. The enemy comes in and tells you a lie. You'll not die. The enemy comes in, tells you a lie. You'll be like God. If you buy that cream and rub it on your face, you'll be 50 years younger. That's a lie, right? But, but you buy it because you want to look 50 years. I mean, you know this stuff, they shoot stuff in your face now, promising you. You know they take it from one part and put it in another part. Did you know that part was never supposed to go in that part? Oh, well, if he had wanted that part in that part, he'd have put that part in that part. You're not supposed to take that part and put that. You'll get it in a minute. It's a lie. If did God say that's a lie, Uh, it's, it's the great lie. It led to the fall of humanity. But man wasn't disobedience until he was tempted to believe a lie. The enemy comes and tempts you with a lie. The problem with a lie is no one tells you it's a lie. No one walks up, your, your five-year-old doesn't walk up to you and go, I'm going to tell you a lie, mama. <laughs> they just start telling you this long story. And you know, the best lies are always wrapped in truth. Right? You know, about half of it, 60% of it, maybe even 90% of it is true. But it's that other 10%. It's that other little part, you, you know, it's called Deception. And you can be deceived by something that sounds so good. You'll be like God if you just go do this and not do that. And if you jump through this hoop, if you could just lose 30 pounds, if you could just get. It's that great lie that we could somehow improve ourselves to the degree that God would then love us. That, that he would somehow, right, and, and so you do it, and it doesn't work. You ever done something, and it didn't work? You bought the cream, you rubbed it on, you did everything. 
Notice how quiet it gets in this place. You were up at night about two in the morning, and they had a blue light special, and you, yeah, right? And all you got now is a bill. And I bought a weed eater like that once. Yeah, it's not smart. Uh, and it, now you, you, you ate the fruit, and now you realize he's overweight. A while ago, you couldn't see he was overweight because you were covered in the glory of God. But you ate the fruit, and suddenly they knew they were naked. See, you ate the fruit, and it didn't work. You didn't become like God. You revealed your own self. You ate. How many of you have ever done something, and then after you did it, it didn't work? I mean, the dude on TV said he sold his car and gave it to somebody and got $20,000. So you gave your car away, and now you're walking. <laughs> right? I mean, if you double do this and double do that and pray all night, then this, and how many did something like that and it didn't work? And the results of the lie is, well, must be something wrong with me. See, good lies and good deceptions leave you feeling like there's something wrong with Isn't it interesting how we never go back and really realize the devil lied. That's, that's what got me here is the devil lied. Oh no, I hide myself because I must be broke. Hmm. Hmm. I better not. See, that's a, that's a lie. That's an idea. There's a lot of people with a lot of ideas and they're just lies. They will not make you better. They're deceptive. And they'll create patterns of thinking. As a man thinks in his heart, so is. They're barriers against the very truth of God. They're strongholds. There are a lot of strongholds in the 21st century. A lot of patterns, lots of ways of thinking. How many of you have heard just in the last 10 years, well, now this is what I think. I don't really care what you think. Can I just be real blunt with you? Uh, there's all kinds of these well, if you did this, if you blah, blah, blah. Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 8. He's speaking to these Pharisees. Verse 44, your father is the devil. Now, now that's going to get some people because they don't even believe there is a devil. But Jesus thought there was, just saying. Your father is the devil. In other words, your children of. And the desires of your father, that's what you want to do. He was a murderer. Say with me, the devil is a murderer. He wants to murder you. The devil is a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth. There is no truth in him. When he speaks, it's a lie. Say with me, the devil's language is a lie. I mean, the devil opens his mouth and he's lying. That's his language. It's his native language. It's his original tongue. When he speaks, he speaks from his own resources. He is a liar. And he's the father of it. Because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. You see, the father of lies is the devil. The devil's method of operation is to be deceptive. In other words, if the enemy wants to work on you, he comes in to deceive you. If the enemy wants to put you in bondage, and the Bible says he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy... His entire objective is to separate you from the God that loves you. His entire operation is to divide you from an unconditional love. 
His entire job is to make you think that if you did something better, God would love you more. He will lie to you and deceive you in order to draw you away from the very father that created you in his own image. Adam and Eve didn't need to do anything to get God to love them. They were already loved. They were already like God. They were just childlike, and God was maturing them into adulthood. But they got impatient with God's mentoring process, and so they wanted to circumvent it, go through McDonald's, and it didn't work because you have to have patience in God's instruction. And Jesus shows up and says, listen, the methodology of the enemy, and he prowls around like a lion, according to Peter. He crawls through our world, and he tries to bring chaos back. You do understand that in the beginning, the world was without form, and it was chaos. And that when God steps into something, he brings it into order. Say order. Guess what the devil tries to do? He tries to take it out of order and make it chaos. And the Bible says that God is never the author of chaos. The enemy will come in and disrupt everything. Why? Because if it's disrupted, he can lie and you'll believe it. He'll come in and upset the whole world so that he can sell you a lie. He is the God of disorder. That's why when I hear people talking about deconstruction of the church, deconstruction, I think, oh, no, no, that's the devil. The minute somebody comes in and they got a better idea, the minute somebody comes in, they're deconstructing the traditions that we understand to be God. Always playing people against people. Always creating this subversive, divisive, that's not God. God comes that we might agree. God comes that he might maintain the order and bring us into that fullness. See, the goal of the enemy is to rob us of our soul all the while we think we're doing good. Because there's a way that seems right unto man, but it leads unto death. Deception. That's the work of the enemy, to decimate our understanding of the love of God. In another verse in Matthew, Jesus said, you got to bind that. you got to pull that down. you got to cast that out. you got to remove that place that today psychologists talk to us about mental maps. Mental map. Do you know your brain has been scored by the experiences of your life? That you're psychic. Your brain, it has recorded, whether you remember it or not, your brain has recorded every experience that you had. Your, your, your brain may not even recognize it, but you'll get a feeling and you'll, you'll, you'll respond to that feeling because your brain has a pattern to it. And, and in fact, if you talk to psychologists, they'll say triggers go off because there's, there's, <clears throat> there are reference points in your, there's a map. And you get to this reference point, you get to this. there's things you call good, and there's things you call bad, there's things you call scary, there's things you call, right? And they're, they're reference. It's, uh, oh, come on, if you're, a, if you're a, a, an athlete, you have muscle memory? Well, your brain has a map. It's like a record, oh, they don't have records anymore. 
Um, I'm, uh, we, we used to have LPs, and you put, you put it on there, and that went around, and that, that, that vinyl had a groove in it. Your brain has a groove in it. It has a map, and it's been mapped out, and you, you've been trained to believe certain things. You've been conditioned to have certain ideas. You've made assumptions about life. You've imagined things. We live in a world of these ideas, and those ideas are what drive us, and those ideas are what shape us into the molds that we have, those internal forces. You know, it's interesting. You'll eventually become the person that you continually play over and over in your mind. You continually be, you, you'll eventually become that because of those assumptions. In, in my own personal experience of pastoring, these, these are real experiences. Uh, a man raised by a berating perfectionist father now says, I, I, I'm only as good as I am successful at business. If I'm a failure at business, I'm a failure. He'd been shaped to believe that he had to be successful in order for his father to love him. Or a teenage girl who, uh, because of Instagram world she lived in, thought she was ugly. One, one of the prettiest young women I've ever met, but because these Instagram photos of her friends, were, then she always had this perception. This, I'm not making this up. This is people that you're sitting by. But this idea in their mind, this stronghold, uh, right, right here in the last 40 years, Everything I do will fail, Pastor. I can't do anything that will succeed. Been conditioned to think that he was a failure. Um, I, I got to be perfect in order to have peace. I can't have peace if there. See, the enemy creates patterns of thought. Enemy creates these deceptions in our mind. It's kind of like operating systems on your phone. Some of you have an Apple, some of you have an Android. Those are different operating systems. We are wired by these operating systems. The difficulty is many times we've been lied to. We don't know it's a lie, but we've been programmed to run things through that system. Jesus comes and says, uh, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. What are those strongholds, those ideas that somewhere inside, if we could get them rewired, if we could think about it a little differently. People have been lied to about their body. They've been lied to about their sexuality. Listen, this is a real conversation in January of 2021. They've been lied to about their body, their sexuality, their self-worth. They've been lied to about what's wrong. They've been lied to about what's right, and they've adapted these culturally acceptable stereotypes, and today what we, what, what we know to be unhealthy we call healthy. Am I making any? And here I'm trying to tell you that if you want to break three, you're going to have to break down some of those thought patterns that you just automatically go to. You're going to have to confront some of those things that instantly just start happening when, oh, come on. I, I, all the time I hear this. I, people, I don't charge, so people come. you get it in a minute. See, the best lives are the ones we think are true. 
Those are the best lies. If you really want to, yeah. I just can't trust my wife. My last one did this. Good things don't happen to me, so why try? I can't say or do anything that'll make people like me. My best, best days are behind me. That's the one I hate right now. If anyone actually knew me, they wouldn't like me. Those are strongholds that we get down on the inside of us. Truth matters, we, we have to face those in ourselves. I, I can't just slap oil on you and break through. You have to be transformed. You have to be renewed. You have to be willing to challenge those assumptions that you swear are true. And we're living in a world that nobody wants to say that maybe I don't know everything. There's a real lack of humility. There's a real scary part of us that doesn't want to be vulnerable and say, well, well, maybe I, maybe I got some wires crossed in my... Notice how quiet it is. How many want breakthrough in 2022? Then we're going to have to break it down. And we're going to have to face these things. And we're going to have to, number one, you got to begin to believe that God wants you to. I mean, I, God wants me to break through. He wants me to have better. He wants me to live abundantly. He wants me to prosper. He wants, oh, come on. He, he wants 22 to be better than you've ever had before. He, he wants you to grow and to increase in favor and in goodness. You've got to believe that God wants you to break free of your past. You've got to, if you don't know who God is, you'll never be able to believe in the next 12 months that God wants to break you free of something. How many of us just go free of that generational curse that says, well, grandmama had cancer, grandma had cancer, now dad had, and now I'm, how many of you just like to go free of those stupid assumptions that keep you limited? I got two. I'll tell you a couple stories then. Second Samuel. Listen, I got time because we started at 10. Now the people in the back probably aren't going to like me, but... <laughs> 2 Samuel chapter 5, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search David. And David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Reum. So David inquired of the Lord. It's, it's always good yes. to ask God. Shall I go up against those Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, go up, for I'll doubtlessly deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Bel-perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me, like a breakthrough of water. Have you ever seen a flood? Have you ever seen pictures of a tsunami? Have you ever seen pictures of walls of water rushing in on something? Can I tell you, there's nothing, not hurricanes, not tornadoes, that are more powerful than a 20-foot wall of water that comes around. When the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Bible says, in other words, God wants to break through. He wants to clear the process. David said, the Lord broke through for me. The Lord broke through for me. I was surrounded by them Philistines, and I asked the Lord, and he said, I'll break through. Thus he named the place the Lord of the Breakthrough. One of the names of God is the Lord of the Breakthrough. 
If you don't know who God is, listen, God always wants to break through for you. He always wants to destroy the Philistines for you. He always is wanting to break through those lies that have limited you from experience all that God has for you. He wants to break through some of those religious lies. He wants to break through some of those triggers of past things. He wants to break, he wants to let the water wash over your life like the washing of the water of the word and pull those things out. He is the Lord of the breakthrough. He's not just the Lord that heals. He's not just the Lord that saves. He's not just the Lord that provides. He's the Lord that breaks through the enemy for you. And we have to begin to recognize that God is that God that wants to do this in our life. What is that idea, that thought, that assumption, that area of my life, that stronghold of thought, that barrier that keeps the truth from pulling me free? What is it? I mean, if you're Mary, it's the idea that you could get pregnant without a man. Oh, you didn't get it. I mean, if God showed up and said, I'm going to make you pregnant, she goes, without a man? I mean, you got to think. She had a stronghold in her head. And it was a good stronghold that she needed a man. How many of you don't really need a man? Oh, you didn't hear me. Some of you women need to listen to me. You don't need a man. If God, some of you men need to listen to me. Hear me, God doesn't need your help. Whatever God gets ready to do, he doesn't need you. If God wants you to be pregnant, you'll be pregnant. If God doesn't want you to be pregnant, you won't be pregnant. Whatever God wants to do in his life, he doesn't need someone else to help him do it. He can do it on his own without, you don't believe me, ask Mary. God said, I don't need the help of somebody else. It's my idea. Can you imagine the stronghold that had to go down in her mind? How about this? Joseph, I'm pregnant. You know what his assumption was? Oh, come on. You know what his assumption was? She'd been running around on me. See, if we're going to move over into the miraculous breakthroughs of God, we're going to have to confront some of the limitations that we've placed on God. We have put limitations on God that he can't do that without, that he needs this to do that. See, we've reduced God to our logic when the truth of the matter is God wants to defy your logic. God wants to confront that logical assumptions that you have in your head and do the illogical in your life. That's where breakthrough, oh well. How many want to be at a different place in 2022? That when I speak on January the 3rd of 2023, you want to be in a, I don't know about you, but I'd like to be in a different, I'd like our culture to be in it. I'd like to be at the end of 23 and not be talking about, you know, you fill in the blank. I'd, I'd, I'd like for you to experience breakthrough. What I really want is for us to experience breakthrough. I want our community to experience breakthrough. I want our state. I want our country to experience breakthrough. And if we're going to experience breakthrough in this country, we're going to have to challenge some of the ideas that we're pontificating about. Ooh. And if we're going to do that, we got to start with moi. I got to start with me and begin to face those strongholds, those things that I expect or don't expect. I, I love the proverb writer in the message. He said, Oh, my soul, don't be discouraged. Don't be upset. Expect God to act. Look at your number and say, I, I think God's going to act in my life 
And, for I know that I shall again have plenty of reason to praise him for all that he will do. He is my help. He is my God. If we're, if we're going to break through, we have to begin to understand that God is the Lord of the breakthrough, and that in every area of our life we have to allow him to break through into that thought pattern and break free of those things that have... Huh. I love Abraham. I love how God takes Abraham out and says, look, everything you can see, I'll give unto you. What are you seeing this morning? On the preface of 2022, what are you seeing that God wants to set you free of this year? What are you, are you just here? I won't have nothing I won't be free of. Then scoot over because somebody else does. <laughs> just stop, right? Because there are things I want to be free of in my life. There's free I want God to break through into new dimensions. He said, Abraham, if you can see it. I remember looking at a guy one time at the back of the church as he was walking out. And I said, what do you see God doing for you? He said, I don't see nothing but a blank wall. Guess what he had that year? Nothing but a blank wall. I never asked him again. <laughs> what do you see God doing for you in 2022? What, what can you imagine? Can you go home this afternoon and imagine and write down and think about it? Years later, in the book of Numbers, all of Abraham's children would be standing on the edge and the verge of the promise. In Numbers 13, it says they went into the land and they found it flowing with milk and honey. They, they, they went in there and they saw all the stuff. This is the promise God made to Abraham. Abraham said, I see it. And Abraham never got to live in it. But he brought Abraham's children right up to the edge of it and said, hey, go in there and see what Abraham saw hundreds of years ago. Can I tell you today that most of you are living in things that your grandparents saw 100 years ago. They never had the opportunity to talk to their grandkids on a phone. They didn't have the opportunity. Listen, I remember being a little bitty kid and watching the Jetsons and they were talking on their wrist. Now I'm doing it. <laughs> Who could have thought? But I'm telling you, because of the imagination of my grandparents born in the early 1900s, there's things I'm living in. Because people that came before me imagined a better life for their children and their grandchildren than the one I got now. I'm imagining a better life. And this ain't bad. But I'm, I'm believing that God's going to do better for us. That we're going to be better in our end. While some of you are prophesying apocalypse, I'm prophesying something better. I'm saying God has something better for us. That God is always moving in a progressive way to bring heaven to the earth. I, I just don't think in heaven there's plagues. I'm sorry. I just don't think in heaven there's viruses. I'm sorry. But I just don't think in heaven there's elections. Amen. I know it's going to upset some of you because you won't have anything to do. <laughs> Who are you going to talk about? <laughs> Listen, I think heaven's coming here. When I read the book, we're going to meet about halfway. Yeah, we're going, but we're coming back. The Bible says we're going to rule over this. Read the whole thing. We ain't just going to go and let it blow up. We're going to come back and repopulate the thing. Oh, come on. I believe in God for better things. Hey, you're, the land is flowing with milk and honey. 
And then they said, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified, and they're very large. Do you know there's always somebody living in your promise? I'm going to take you into the promised land. You're going to have to take possession of it. Hey, I'm going to take you into the promised land, but there's giants there. <laughs> I'm going to take you in the promised land, but there are strongholds of thought patterns that are in that promised land that you're going to have to drive out. I'm going to take you into a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to take you into a land that's better, but there are strongholds of patterns and giants of thought that you're going to have to take down if you're going to go. Are you getting it? Say with me, I'm ready to face those giants in 2022. I'm ready to take a challenge of the internal side of me. And nevertheless, we can't go in because there's giants in the land. The Malachites are in the south and Jebusites. And then in verse 20, Caleb quieted the people. And he said, let's go up at once and take possession for we're well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go up against the people for they're stronger than we are. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. Say a bad report. You know, if you want to find out if there's any lies in your life, the reports you're getting, are they good or bad? When you come back and start talking to yourself, is it good or bad? Because if it's bad, it's probably a lie. Because God desires good for you. The God that desires good for you is always announcing good news on earth. If it's a bad report, you didn't get the whole report. And they came back and they gave a bad report. And they gave a bad report, and this is what they said. There they saw the giants, the descendants of Ankin came from giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we are in our sight. Hmm. On the edge, on the border ready to step into the promise that God had made to their great-great-grandfather. And they're held back not by giants, but by the way they see themselves in comparison to the giants. See, the things on the inside, the stronghold of the enemy is to make us see less of ourselves, to think less of ourselves. We've been wandering around out there and God's been feeding us, but here we are and we have these low self-esteems. We have these inner knowledges that I'm a bug. I'm nothing. I just am meant to be stepped on. I, I mean, those are the thoughts that roll around mirror, mirror on the wall. Or how about this one? This is going to date me. You ever seen that movie, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? All of a sudden, the kids are shorter than the grass. Uh, see, the enemy will make you feel small. He'll, he'll, he'll shrink you down, and you'll be asking yourself. See, when you look into the mirror, how do you see yourself in comparison to the promises that God has for you? See, our behaviors are a result of the way we see God and the way we see ourselves and the way we see others. The question to ask ourselves as we stand on the promised land is, are we Caleb's or are we cowards? Are, 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 are we too cowardly to face the, our own self-perceptions? They listened to these spies and they were never able to go in because of the mental mappings that had gone on in their mind. Because of the strongholds, the mindsets, the thought patterns. 
They were unable to hear the promise being taken place. They were unable to do it because of these philosophies and these ideas. Hmm. And Jesus said to them, if you abide in my word, if you abide in me, if you live, if you do that, you'll know the truth. If you abide, dwell in my word, in me. Say he is love. He loves you. Unconditionally, irrevocably, undeniably. He loves the person next to you. He loves the person across town. Do you know that perfect love casts out all fear? And that all fear is the results of a lie? And that the reason we haven't been able to win the war on fears, we haven't been able to confront the lies that's been told about ourselves and about God. That if we want to win the war on fear, we have to stop telling lies about God. God loves each and every one of you unconditionally, irrevocably. He loves you. He loves your neighbor. And there's no fear in this. There's going to be an increase of power to break through in the next seasons of our life if we're willing to live in and abide in this, this unconditional love that God has for us, if we're willing to stand in the midst of that love, we can experience the breakthrough that comes from God. Now here's my, I think, maybe only, my final point. A reason why most people are unable to pull down the strongholds of their mind is they never become people of praise. They never become people of worship. They, they never, and when they came back with a bad report, instead of praising God that said, we're here, they begin to commensurate about what was there. Most people are never able to praise God before the breakthrough. Most people will wait till after the prayer is answered to thank him. Most people will never be able to begin to praise God on January the 2nd of 2022. They'll want to wait till the evidence is clear. They'll want to wait to after the fact. But the thing that will trigger breakthroughs is if by hearing this word, it'll trigger a praise in you. If you can hear this prophetic word and accept it as it is, you'll begin to praise before there's any confirming evidence. Oh, you're not... <laughs> Micah chapter 2, verse 12. I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I'll put them together in the sheepfold like the flock in the midst of their pasture. The last sentence of verse 12. They shall make a loud noise because of so many people. And the one who breaks through or breaks open will come up before them and they'll break out. I can read it from about... Mm, 20 different translations. What it really says is when the people of God begin to break out in praise, then the Lord of the breakthrough will march out before them. When the people of God will break out in praise, then the God of the breakthrough will begin to break through the strongholds that have limited them. Do you know how hard it is to get people to break out in praise before there's any evidence that they need to break out in praise? But you see, your praise is a signal to God that you believe the prophetic word that he's given to you. Your praise is the faith that you say, if God said it, then it must be true. That's why Mary goes into singing, and it's called Larry, Mary's song, because the minute she heard that God was going to give her a word, she began to praise God before she ever gave birth to the Christ. 
You see, when we begin to hear a prophetic word, when we begin to praise God back to Him, the power to fulfill the word that He's given is released into our lives. The praise is always the place where God releases His power into our lives. And that if there's going to be a breakthrough in our lives, you're going to have to break through and start praising God in spite of the circumstances that you're looking at right now. And that when you do, it'll begin to tear down those strongholds that have limited... Man, I've taught this better than you're shouting. That's all right. And you will pass through the gate and you'll go in. Another version says the breaker, the Messiah, will go up before them and they'll break through and they'll pass through the gate. For the gates of hell shall not prevail. When the people of God begin to break through and begin to praise God, then the breakthrough God begins to open up the gates that have held you captive to those ways of thinking. You won't even know what those ways of thinking are until you look back and went, Shazam, I thought that. Shazam, I used to think that God didn't heal. Shazam, I used to think that I was always going to be like that. Shazam, I used to think... Listen, I'll be 64 this year. You know how many things I look back over my shoulder and go, how could I have thought that? Why did I let that stay in my mind? Why did I? But the more I have praised God, the more I have broken through and come out of some of those things. Now I look back and go, wow. How are you going to experience breakthrough in your life? You begin to praise God for the prophetic word that you're going to. You begin to thank God in advance. You begin to see those things that are not. You use your imagination and you reach out and you grab that. And you begin to hold on to it and that praise will proceed. You see, the depth of your praise will determine the magnitude of your breakthrough. Lucas, if you have that on that, that's, I got that on a slide somewhere. The depth of your praise Will determine the magnitude of your breakthrough. If all you can do is praise a little bit, that's the degree of the breakthrough in your life. But if on January the 2nd of 2022, if you can make up your mind that this coming year, I'm going to be more of a praise person than I've ever been in my life. I'm going to praise God when the sun comes up. I'm going to praise God when the clouds roll in. I'm going to praise God when the sun goes down. I'm going to praise God in the good and the bad. I'm going to be a person of praise. I'm not going to peddle bad reports. I'm not going to listen to this. I have one thing to do, and that's to steward the grace of God, and that's by praising Him. The depth of your praise will determine the magnitude of your breakthrough. And that praise is not manipulated by music. It's not manipulated by emotion. It's not manipulated by the energy of a crowd. Some of the greatest moments of praise I've ever had, I've been alone. Some of the greatest moments of breakthrough, I've been in my backyard on a lawnmower and had to get off and just dance. You see, praise is not just what I do in here. Praise is what I do when I'm driving down the road and I'm just thanking God. Notice how quiet it gets. 
telling you, I've lived my life by the prophetic words of God. And every time I've received one of those prophetic words of God, I had to begin to praise Him for that prophetic word before I ever saw the manifestation of that prophetic word. Praise will always precede the manifestation of that prophetic word. And prove it to you, I'll prove it to you in three ways. <laughs> Joshua shouted before the walls came down. He marched around that thing and he started shouting before. Can I tell you something? Jehoshaphat started dancing while the enemy was approaching. Paul and Silas started singing with their hands tied behind their back. You have to start praising God, even in spite of the limitations that you might be feeling, feeling in this moment in your life. this shout out talk back to them and then this is my question for you what's the most important way that you by the grace of God will make a difference this year what's the most important way that you by the grace of God will make this year different from last. I'll say it again. What's the most important way by the grace of God that you'll make 2022 better than 2021? What, how we, what would you do differently this year? What would you think differently? Listen, I refuse to let the culture and the social standing of this world determine my life. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse to let COVID and any other thing rob me of the joy of this year. Am I making any sense? What's the one thing by the grace of God that you could do to make a difference next year? things that you already know are limitations in your mind. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you this morning for your prophetic word in our lives. I thank you, Lord, that you bring about those moments where we can hear and know and receive that prophetic utterance. I pray this morning that your people would begin to praise you with all their life praise you with all their energy, praise you with all their passion, and then see the breakthrough take place in this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Now stand with me this morning. 
Hey, I hope the message truly inspired you today. If it did, do a couple things for me. Subscribe to our show and it'll just drop right into your feed and you can stay current with all that we're doing. The second thing is, is if you've been impacted by this ministry, you can click the link right there in front of you and you can become one of our givers. And that'll help us to keep spreading the gospel and the good news around the world. Everyone needs to hear the good news right now, maybe more than any other time. So God bless, and I'll see you next time.